Hi guys, I'm uh, honored to be able to bring to you uh, a little bit of the word today and hopefully some encouragement to you. Uh, I was praying and, and thinking about what I would talk to you about uh, for, for the four men only segment. And uh, last week, actually, I uh, was praying and had a real, real neat thing happen. I had an encounter with God. It was uh, the presence of God kind of came into the room and uh, you know, not you know, not one of the just regular, regular levels of the presence of God, but it was one that kind of almost knocked me down to the ground, and uh, and I kind of got up and uh, th thought, you know, wow, this is this is fantastic, you know, I wish this happened every time, and and I then remembered back to a few months ago when I had a very similar thing happen. And, uh, you know, it was, it was so amazing that I was thinking to myself, you know, how awesome would it be to be able to feel this, you know, weighty presence of God, you know, on a continual basis. And that, it, you know, everybody, you know, should be able to experience this because, you know, it, you know, in my opinion, I think it would change a lot for a lot of people. And so anyways, I was, you know, thinking about that and, and I was thinking, you know, why, why is it that, you know, we as Christians, when we when we can experience, you know, the pre the presence of God in a real tangible, strong way, why is it that we don't, you know, just abandon ourselves and and just give ourselves to, you know, regular prayer and you know regular pressing in, you know, to 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 get into that depth of the presence of God. And, you know, even with myself, you know, you know, I was so rocked by it. I was like, you know, Lord, why, why don't I do this more? You know, if I, if I love your presence so much, you know, why don't I, you know, really, really go for it? And then I was reminded of a passage in Hebrews chapter 12. And uh, really, it's just a couple of scriptures I want to read to you. But in verse 16... Uh, we'll start there. It says, See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the eldest son. Afterwards, as you know, he when he wanted to inherit this blessing, he was rejected. Even though he sought the blessing with tears, he could not change what he had done. And most of you will know the story, but uh, you know, maybe someone doesn't. Kind of the background for it was that uh, Esau was the uh, older brother or elder brother to Jacob. And uh, when we say older, I mean, really, it was only minutes because they were born at the same time, uh, twins. And um, the Bible even says that, es that as Esau was delivered, that Jacob's hand was holding on to e Esau's heel. So it was a close race. I mean... Really, you can almost call it a tie because, you know, his hand, he was coming out at the same time. But unfortunately, something was set in motion, uh, and that was called the first son's blessing. And it's exactly what it, what it says. It was a blessing for the firstborn son, not for the second, not for the third, etc. So, you know, thinking about... Esau and Jacob, you know, growing up and what Jacob must have felt, I mean, uh, being a twin, being the same age, really, 
they probably would have had a lot of the same responsibilities. You know, they probably would have shared the workload pretty evenly. I mean, the Bible says, you know, that they did do, you know, different things. Esau was more of the hunter, and uh, Jacob was more of the, uh, the farmer, the gatherer, and that kind of thing. But, uh, you know, they were, they were basically about the same age. So, uh, really, the race could have went either way. But for some reason, Esau was first and not Jacob. So, this, to me, would kind of weigh on, on Jacob throughout his life. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not that Jacob couldn't be blessed um, because, you know, the secondborn can also be blessed, but it's not quite what the firstborn son would get. In fact, the firstborn would get double what the second or the third or any other subsequent sons would get. So he would have double, and that could be double financial blessing from the father. It could be uh, double the authority and power. Um, but whatever it entailed, the firstborn got double. So the kicker of this whole story is that Esau actually sold it to Jacob for a bowl of stew, or some Bibles, some versions might say a bowl of lentils. So you can imagine uh, how, this, how this is playing out and uh, throughout their lives, you know, uh, when they were coming closer to that day when Esau was going to get the father's blessing on the, on the firstborn son, uh, when Esau was going to get it, um, I mean, it would have more and more weighed on Jacob. So anyway, lo and behold, if you follow the story through Genesis, uh, it says that Esau was out hunting one day and came in and was absolutely famished. Uh, he was hungry. Maybe he was weak. Maybe he was so hungry he was at the point of collapsing. I mean, the guy's hungry. And uh, anyway, his brother, who happened to be a good cook, Jacob's a good cook, he's making a great pot of stew or chili or whatever you want to call it. And uh, Jacob convinces him, Esau, who feels like he's at the point of death because he's so hungry, convinces him that uh, in this moment that he's going to offer him a bowl of this awesome food in exchange for the first Born's blessing. And, you know, it, it kind of seems like a trivial matter. I mean, maybe, maybe Esau thought to himself, oh, you know what? You know, big deal. You know, my dad's not going to bless him. He knows, he knows it goes to the firstborn son. He's not going to bless him. Uh, so, yeah, whatever. Uh, okay, I'll agree to this because, after all, I'm so hungry that I think I could just die. So, anyway, gives in. And uh, not too long after that, Jacob, Jacob goes and uh, disguises himself as Esau. The Bible says that he put some animal skins on his forearms because uh, apparently Esau was quite a hairy fella. And uh, he did a couple other things and went into his father's tent to receive the blessing in place of Esau. And lo and behold, it worked. So Jacob... So, who, who bought Esau's birthright for a bowl of stew, went in, got it from his dad. Isaac blessed him, bestowed that blessing upon him, and, uh, and it, was, it was done. Verse 17 says that once it was pronounced, the deal was done. It could not be reversed. Even though Esau prayed and cried and repented, 
The firstborn blessing was given out and it could not be taken back. The damage was done. So the problem with Esau was what we read in verse 16. It says that he was godless. Now in this version, I don't really like to use that word because uh, I think that God was still his God afterwards. I actually like the way it says it in the, uh, the King James or the New King James. Uh, the, the New King James uses the word, says that, that Esau was profane. And I looked up that word. Profane means characterized by irreverence or contempt for God or sacred principles of things, irreligious. Listen to this. It also says not devoted to holy or religious purposes, unconsecrated, secular, or opposed to sacred unholy, heathen, and pagan. So what does that mean? Well, basically what it means is that Esau treated the things of God with contempt. So he treated it, and contempt means he treated it as worthless, or in other words, he treated it without any honor. So I was thinking, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a great story. Uh, how do we bring that into the 21st century? And basically, I came up with Esau was not in control of his appetites. And, and what that means is that something that he should have held in high regard because his appetites were kind of all over the place in his life, it caused him to make bad decisions, and a decision that ultimately caused him to lose out on the firstborn blessing of God. So many times, I think, in our lives, uh, you know, our appetites can also be out of control. And, you know, too many times, I think we yield to things that are unimportant, but maybe make us feel good in the moment, uh, maybe appeal to our flesh, and, you know, in the 21st century, you know, the year 2020, we are completely barraged with things that appeal to our flesh. In fact, I don't think there's ever been a time in history where we have so much that appeals to our flesh. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, I, I kind of wish that, you know, uh, our biggest problem was, or our biggest desire of the flesh, you know, was an evil, terrible, addictive bowl of stew. You know, I think, you know, I just think, you know, wow, wouldn't that be great? But, you know, unfortunately, you know, that's not the case. We, we have media all around us. You know, we've got media in our pockets, you know, on our phones, on our laptops, our computers, our televisions. Um, it's media is everywhere. And there are, are tons of studies out there that talk about how addictive media is and entertainment and, and our screens. And, and you guys have probably heard all this kind of stuff. But, you know, we are, are distracted and enticed. Our flesh is enticed like never before in the history of mankind. Uh, and that's just, that's just entertainment. I mean, then I was thinking about food. Like, I, it, it boggles the mind uh, where we're at is, as far as food, you know, in today's society. You can literally have any kind of food, 
that you can imagine. Any nationality of food, uh, smoked, barbecued, um, deep fried, sweet, savory, I mean, hamburgers and fries and chips and, and all kinds of stuff. It's just a constant, constant access. You know, we've got refrigerators in our households. We've got deep freezes. We've got, we've got drive-through windows. And, and now, you know, something that, that has become even more popular in, in the last few months, we've got uh, people that will actually go out to a restaurant and they'll go pick it up for you and bring it to your door. Like it, it just blows my mind how accessible, you know, every, every kind of food is for our palate. And uh, so, you know, we've got, you know, every possible thing that, our, that could make our flesh feel good at any hour of the day or night. And like I said, you know, I don't know if there's, I don't know, I, I don't think there's ever been a time in the history of mankind that society has been like this. And the problem with this is that the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, that our, our spirit and our flesh are enemies. It says that the spirit and your desires are enemies of each other. This is in the CEV version. They are always fighting each other and keeping us from doing what we feel we really should. And that's why even though maybe we've had a powerful touch of God uh, from the presence of God, um, it's almost like, you know, it all, almost seems like we, we forget about it. Because I know in the moment, you know, there's a lot of us that have said, oh, wow, you know, God, you're so good. This is so awesome. Uh, you know, Lord, I, 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 need to, I need to do this more. I need, to, I need to find you. And we make these commitments and, and our spirit, you know, it, the Bible says that our, our spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And, and I feel a lot of times that, you know, we, we make these decisions to increase our devotion for God, to really go for God, you know, maybe we make decisions to, you know, get into the word more and, and, and start to read the Bible, meditate on it and, and that kind of thing. But then our flesh seems to get in the way and we don't do the things that we know we should. So there's this battle and this battle is a constant battle that's going on. It's, it's our flesh against our spirit and it's our flesh against the Holy Spirit and there's a, there's a big tug of war that happens, you know, constantly. Now, this battle has two parts. The first part I kind of talked about already, and it's about the part about giving into our flesh and its desires. But the other part of this is, is not so much of giving into the flesh, but it's the part where we don't give in to what our spirit or the spirit of God is trying to get us to do. And that's the other part. When we get this conviction, you know, which, uh, you know, lots of us have had, you know, we've had the conviction that, oh, you know what, I really need to, you know, shut down the TV, you know, a little bit more. Or, or maybe we've had the conviction, ah, oh, I'm on social media too much. Or maybe we've even struggled, you know, in, in the area of pornography or, or, you know, doing and seeing things that we're not supposed to. But, you know, we've made this, this, commitment, you know, that I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to, 
I'm going to put, put this stuff away, but I'm also, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to do it and I'm going to win victory in this area. And, you know, I think that, you know, there is a good stand and, and there's a, a good stance that we take, but because we refuse to fill ourselves with something else, eventually that flesh begins to cry out again for what it's missing. So part of changing our appetites has to do with starting to take into us what is healthy and what's good and what will actually strengthen our spirit, strengthen our spirit and actually weaken our flesh. You know, uh, a while ago, probably a, a couple of years ago, I talked in church about um, about uh, a story that I had heard about uh, uh, guys who um, raised dogs to to fight against each other, and uh, how guys would bet on dogs, and uh, the trainer of the dogs could always tell which one was going to win before they even fought. And, and, you know, sometimes it would be one dog would win a number of times and all of a sudden it would switch and the other dog would win. And, and the trainer always knew who was going to win. And uh, one time he was asked, you know, how, how is it that you know? And he said, oh, it's real easy. He said, uh, I always know the one that's going to win because that's the one that is fed while the other one is not fed a couple days up to the fight. And it's so true in this battle that, that, we, that we face um, between our flesh and our spirit. And the one that always wins is the one that we feed the most. So there is a cycle that has to be broken. And, and part of it is taking the stand that, you know what, I'm going to walk away from, you know, these, these fleshly desires. I'm going to, I'm going to put that off and I'm going to do, you know, take on spiritual desires and, and the stance is part of it. But then what we have to remember to do is we need to start to take in and do something spiritual. We need to spend time in the presence of God, but we need to spend time in the Word of God or meditating on the Word of God and reading the Word of God because ultimately, um, you know, it's not, it's not 100% perfect science, but I would say that the more that we sow to the Spirit, that I would say that that is the more that we're going to have spiritual victories over the flesh, and we are going to be able to do the things that we know we should do. And you know what? Some guys will say, you know what, uh, Rev, you know, uh, you know, I try, but you know what? Life is so busy. You know, I've, I've got a job, a full-time job, career, uh, it's demanding, or, you know, I run my own business and uh, it's, you know, super demanding or, or Rev, you know, I've got, I've got a wife and I've got kids and my kids are, you know, they're in lessons and they're in sports and there just doesn't seem to be able to, I, I just can't seem to find the time to, to do this. And I'd probably say to you, yeah, that's, it's correct. You know, I, I don't know in my life if I ever found the time. It always seems that, you know, if we, if we wait to find the time, by the time we find some time, we're so tired and exhausted that for the most part, we just want to rest. We just want to you know, just chill for a while, you know, just do something kind of mindless, just relax. And, uh, you know, uh, and that's kind of the way that we go with it. And so, you know, this was, this was something that I had, you know, worked on in my life for, for years and years. And I finally got to the point where I finally realized that, you know what, I'm probably never going to consistently find time. 
in order to to spend time with God or spend time in the Word. And, uh, you know, I, I came to the realization that, you know what, if this is going to happen, it's only going to happen because I have decided to make some time, to set aside a portion of time. And, uh, you know, I, I can't say I've been absolutely perfect at it. You know, sometimes life throws you a curveball. But I have endeavored to, you know, to, to, fight, to make that time. And, you know, for me, uh, it's meant that I've had to actually change my schedule around. You know, I've figured out that uh, my time, if I want it to be uninterrupted, uh, my time has to be early in the morning. So I'll get up, you know, before my family, before my wife, and uh, I'll, I'll go and I'll make uh, some time early in the morning. And the only one who uh, is up at that time with me is Griffin, and he's my prayer buddy, my little dog. And uh, so he comes with me and, uh, you know, and, and that's the only way that I've consistently been able to, to make, to, to get some time alone with God and to have some of these moments um, that really influence and change who I am. So I guess that's kind of the, the biggest thing that I wanted to get across to you guys and uh, to maybe to hopefully to encourage you and challenge you a little bit. Uh, you know what, if we just live our lives, you know, kind of just as, you know, take it as it comes and whatever happens, happens, probably we're going to end up like like Esau and uh, our flesh, uh, which the Bible says is really weak in doing the right things. You know, uh, it's probably going to win most of the time. And uh, we're probably going to, uh, you know, in my estimation, we're probably going to walk in, in a very lower level of blessing, wishing that we had, you know, like Esau wished that he had that firstborn blessing, that he had all that God had for him. And unfortunately, we're, we're probably going to, you know, it's not that we can't have any blessings, but you know what? It's probably going to be in a lot lower level. It's going to be in a level of frustration um, and, a, and a level where we don't get the victory. So, uh, I want to encourage you to, you know what, start to uh, act as someone who is not profane, but start to act as somebody who, instead of treating, you know, the things, our time with God uh, in his presence or in the word, to start to not treat it as, a, you know, a, something that's, that's not worth fighting for, but start to fight for it. Start to go for it in our lives and you know what? I believe that we will see the victory. And I believe that we're going to be able to start to make better decisions. We're going to be able to walk, you know, higher in the things of God, in the area of the, the spirit of God. And that, that we're also going to start to be able to start to shine more to those around us, especially to our kids, you know, our families, maybe our coworkers, those around us. Um, we're not going to be just, you know, just like a regular fleshly guy, but we're going to have somebody we're going to be somebody that's carrying something different. So with that, I just want to end with a prayer and uh just to just pray to encourage you a little bit today. Father, I just thank you for for any anyone who's watching this today. Lord that, you know, this is something that, you know, we all we all deal with, you know, uh guys, girls too, but but Lord, this is this is for the men. So Lord, I just thank you for Letting this word, Lord, gel in our hearts and in our minds and uh, for the challenge that it presents, Lord. And I just, I just, 
I just speak strength and courage into, into every man and every teen that's watching this, that, that they would find the strength and the courage to be able to begin to pursue God and pursue the things of God and really make a make make something uh, holy out of them and something worth attaining and to, to set aside that time in order to pursue and get a handle on our appetites and to not let the flesh win. And so, Father, I just thank you for that strength and that courage. And Lord, I thank you for victory uh, over the flesh and, and victory in the spirit, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thanks for watching, guys, and I uh, hope to see you again soon.